Happy holidays. Okay. Don't think Jacqueline, what are you talking about? It's still warm outside. I know, but guess what? We want to get you uber prepared for this holiday season because what we want is that you can get consistent sales, right? Have steady growth and keep growing your business beyond always having to offer a discount during the holiday season to drive sales. So if you want to get prepared while it's still warm outside, you can jump in and grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount. And it is a bundle of content prompts, tools, hashtags, and templates. And it includes a three-month calendar with things to say every single day from October to December. It is so helpful. So go out, enjoy the sunshine, and feel uber prepared for the holiday season when you grab yours now. Just head to holidaycontentideas.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Small Biz Founders episode. Today, we are honored and delighted to have someone really special to us. We have Vana Chep. She is the founder and CEO of Vana Chep Studio, and she's also currently in our Product Boss Mastermind, and we're just so delighted and excited to bring her story to you today. Hey, Vana. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let our listeners know what what Vana Chep Studio is, what you sell, a little bit more about your business. Yeah, so Vana Chup Studio is a lifestyle lifestyle boutique brand, and we customize an heirloom jewelry that is made from um, customers' photographs and special moments. We turn those pictures into silhouette jewelry um, that is destined to, you know, be passed down, treasured for years to come. Um, we are located in Richmond, Virginia, and um, we sell. We're a team of six, soon to be seven. Uh, we sell everything on our e-commerce um, online. We have a studio here in town that we can accept locals by appointment only. And then as of the last couple of months, we've all, we're also, this whole collection of our pieces in, is on Pottery Barn Kids and Maisonette. I mean, I love that. I mean, it's such a good intro, by the way. <laughs> Did you rehearse? No. Um, <laughs> I was proud kids. of her for saying, um, you know, Pottery Barn and Masonette, because that's something we've been pushing you to do more so is really show where you are in the world and everything. And good job. I think I added that for this episode <laughs> because I, I, I literally did not have it. I'm like, I should mention that. They, they would love that. Absolutely. Because it's huge, right? I mean, we love, we love when product bosses, whether or not you work with us in any of our programs or courses, or you're just out there in the world doing, you know, your job and making an impact on the world and your product-based businesses. But we also love when you are, you have these amazing connections, partnerships, um, so we have a mastermind right now that's in the process of talking to Target. You're in Pot- Pottery Barn Kids and Masonette, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and so it's just really exciting to see the growth of businesses and the collaborations and partnerships that come from it. So congratulations again on that. Thank you. All right. So let's go to the very beginning. So 
you're known for your jewelry and your necklaces and custom jewelry and all the things, but sort of how did you end up here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the very beginning started in 2008. I had opened a small Etsy shop um, kind of on a whim. I, um, I'm an architect by trade, so graduated from architecture school. Um, we had our first son, Nicholas, um, and when he was about three, I kind of found myself at a spot in life where I wanted to do something creative with my time. I wanted to take a break from architecture, and um, so I started an Etsy shop. I, at the time, I was um, just, all I could do was stationery and portraits, and the story of silhouettes came when he was a baby. I would document his um, ever-changing features. Like every month I would create his silhouette. So I would just take a picture of his profile and, and just kind of sketch, not even fill in the black, you know? So it was just kind of like a sketch drawing of his profile. And it wasn't until 2008 when I started an Etsy shop that a friend of mine told me, those are actually silhouettes and you should consider selling custom, you know, silhouettes for customers. So that's what we did. Um, started on Etsy uh, with stationery and fine art prints as you know custom silhouettes, and um, in 2009, which that that was our big break, um, we were featured on the Cool Mom Picks um, holiday gift guide. And at the time, I mean, it was just me working on my little Etsy shop um, while I was raising our three-year-old, and I, you know, we got you know our business just kind of blew up in like the month of November and December of 2009. Um, if I could put a price tag, it was like $30,000 that we made. And that's probably, I would have made in like two years when I started out. So quickly I found out that, you know, or that was like the light bulb moment. I told my husband that I probably should, should quit my architecture job. I was actually working part-time, you know, drafting in architecture from home. And I said, I should quit this job and just really focus on doing the business. It gives me more flexibility. And so that's what I did. And um, so at the time, we were just doing stationery and paper. We used to be known as Le Papier Studio, which means um, paper in French. And um, it wasn't until 2013, 2014, that we started making the transition into heirloom jewelry and accessories. And we still do those silhouette portraits that we started out with. But now we're known for our heirloom quality jewelry and accessories. Can we talk a little bit more about how, which by the way, I love that story. I knew you were an architect and I I love that you transitioned to fill that creative gap. Uh, when you first started, what made you pick La Papier and what made you change to Vonage Shop? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, took French in school as you you might you know pick up a little accent. Um, I actually came in the States as a college student and took French for about 10 years when, you know, elementary, uh, middle school through high school and college. And so French was, you know, um, silhouettes are French. They were born in France. Etienne de Silhouette was, you know, the dude that invented them. So I found, I don't know, at the time, I didn't really brainstorm much, but I found the Papier Studio as something that was like personal to me. I spoke French, silhouettes were French. So it's just something that I can't, came up with at the time. Le Papier Studio um, it was our name up until 2021 last year in March where we rebranded and it had served us well, but it's really hard to say, you know, you know you'd be surprised like all the different iterations that we've heard from people and um, also did not serve us anymore. We were not a paper business. Um, we had moved into accessory and jewelry. And so we wanted to kind of 
open wide the doors for what the future has for us. And didn't think that I was going to put my name as our you know new brand name, but um, I was pushed by our team and the branding company that work that I work with. And um, I think at the time I didn't want to, but I'm glad we did because this business. I mean, I am still kind of like the essence of it, the the core, the soul of it. And um, I don't think I would have run a business that I didn't feel that passionate about. So it kind of made sense for us. I love that. You know, having a namesake, everybody probably gives a little bit of pushback, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) but it's great. I'm like, oh boy, if I really mess up, my name is in the line, but you know, I hope I don't. (laughs) No, you're doing amazing. I mean, you've had this business for so long. Um, So tell us then a little bit about the growth of your team. So you started, you know, you started probably like so many of our listeners out there where they were doing something else. They had a creative moment or something that they thought, okay, the easiest path forward to get me customers in the sell that I make is on Etsy, for example. And then what was your journey to sort of your first hire and who have you hired on now? What does your team look like? Yeah. So our first hire was in 2009. It was my, um, well, I had two hires. One was part-time doing it at night. She was getting her PhD at the University of Chicago and she was my first cousin. So she'd come and watch our um, son and I would print and she would help me watch him and package. But then I, the you know, the real employee, I hired a gal who was um, kind of the studio assistant and she was just helping me with all things. Like she was packaging, shipping for us, working with our, um, the few wholesale accounts that we had. And it wasn't until 2015 uh, when we moved from Chicago to Richmond, where I, you know, decided to hire somebody um, more in the route of the full time. So I hired a jeweler. Um, My first time, you know, my first full time employee was a jeweler. And at that time, you know, I I was doing everything by hand. I was a maker. We had gotten to the point that I just could not sustain, you know, our business with just me working, doing the social stuff, doing marketing, answering all the emails. And so the first was a a jeweler. And then I brought along a year after that, a customer service person, and then a second jeweler. And and then um, in 2020, I brought along two silhouette artists, which pretty much has have replaced me. I still have my hand in a lot of our products. You know, I do our um, um, house illustrations and house ornaments, which those are still the products that I touch. But, um, and then in 2021, we brought along another jeweler. And then now we are, um, we just hired a uh, studio assistant. We actually lost a jeweler. She quit um, early this year, but so we're about, we're a team of seven. Oh, and my husband, he's um, technically still works for us, but he also has a full-time job as an architect. So mm-hmm. uh, we're seven people right now. Wow. And so my, I guess my other question is that so people listening are like, wow, I'd love to hire. And I guess my next question is, is how did you grow from Etsy to them being able to have a business, you know, direct to consumer business online, have retailers? And now have a namesake brand because I think a lot of people out there are like, okay, I sell on Etsy, I'm making sales, but it's really hard to make that transition and that jump to then have this beautiful business that you've built. Yeah. Um, any sort of tips to anyone that's out there that's in that same position? Yeah, I mean, when I hear stories of people like that, we've been in business for 14 years, um, so we grew organically and really slow. I mean, it wasn't until like when I started with the mastermind that's when we kind of like our sales like blew up, but. We had a really slow growth, um, and it was how I chose it. Um, I, from the beginning, this business was going to serve me and my family and our schedule. And so I was a mom first and a business owner second. And it kind of rode the wave of like, you know, 
our family growing. I had our first son for seven years before, you know, we had another child. So, you know, I was able to kind of invest my time in the business to grow it to the point that, you know, I could take a little break when our second one came about in 2012. And then uh, when I had more time because they were full-time in school, then I was able to invest a little bit more. I didn't, I didn't start this business with a business mind. It was more like, you know, something that I wanted to do a creative on the side. And uh, we kind of joke with the team because even though I'm not a maker now and making all the things, I still am very much like the creative person. And if it didn't serve me, I know it kind of sounds selfish, but if it didn't serve me creatively, then we probably wouldn't be having the business. Uh, But the way it grew is just word of mouth customers, our community, they have been amazing. They've come back time and time to add on to their pieces. Um, our pieces by nature kind of like lead themselves to like being added on to, you know, you have another child, you add another silhouette charm. So there was not really a gimmick. Like, you know, I hired the first, but I think um, pushing myself to hire somebody, even though I thought, well, maybe if I could work another three hours, you know, in the eight hour day. Um, that was probably the pivoting point where um, our business started taking off and growing mm-hmm. rapidly. So me kind of being committed that I want to grow these things and then also hiring help. Mm. I feel like I've said yeah. that before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you did. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but it's more, it's not you, it, your proof that this yeah. is what we kind of teach. So one, and Maria Desmondi is watching and we also just did an interview with her and her, she's in the mastermind with you. And she said, slow growth, like I mentioned, I think so many times yeah. we want to speed things up, but people don't realize it's not an overnight success, but it's a 10 to 15 year success yeah. story. Right. And then, and then the other side of it is like you said, like you hit capacity and the only way to get it going and grow right. is to hire. So I love that you said that. Yeah, I think that that's the, you know, as people progress in their journey, you know, when you first started, we all start as that solopreneur that's trying to do everything. And it takes almost to the brink of burnout before people are like, fine, I'll hire somebody, you know? And um, then they're like, oh, that's really nice. This feels good. You know, I can hire somebody part-time or full-time. So I love that you started with like with most most of us, it's family, usually and friends. You started with your yeah. first cousin who also helped you with a baby, which is by the way, genius, you know, yeah. and, you know, able to help you through that really full season of your life. Like I remember having no brain power during that time, you know, you're postpartum in a lot of ways. And you're just like, okay, (laughs) can't really do a lot of stuff. But at the same time, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed. So what made you move to Richmond, Virginia? And was that one of the catalysts for you hiring on people that you didn't know then? At the time we didn't know. We moved here because of my husband's job, you know, and being an online business and with that many employees, I could move. And actually, the one employee that I had, she had a baby, so she couldn't work anymore. So it worked out great. But I think it was the move was a huge help in the business because at that point, I was even thinking of kind of closing the business and maybe join him and going back to architecture. And I really had to like, you know, just really look deep and see what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was just do something that, you know, I did it from home and around my kids' schedules, and I don't think I could have um, gotten that in any other, you know, professional job outside of the home. And so um, I really honed in in what I wanted this business to look like. I also took Marie Forleo's B school at that time, and that really just kind of shook me to my core. We purged a ton of products, you know. We, I, I really, it was like the 
another pivoting point to where I wanted us to go. We stopped offering um, brass lockets. You know, we started offering more gold and silver. So that was the point that, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to need somebody who knows how to deal with gold and silver, not just me like trying to do like, you know, I I wasn't like doing crafty stuff anymore. This was like a a legit business. And if I wanted to be around for another five, 10 years, I, you know, I really needed to think of it as such. So yeah, just making that decision to like where I wanted to take it and the people that I wanted to hire was probably the best decision at the time. Hey, product boss. Okay. This is for you. The other day, we got a message from Lolly asking us if we had a referral for a great inventory management software to help track raw goods and on-hand products that were ready to sell. And you know what we told Lolly? We sure do. Not only do we have a resource for inventory management software, but we have over 308 other business tools and resources that will help you effectively run your product-based business. Now, this ranges from packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools, and so much more. You will have everything you need to grow your dream product business today and at no cost to you. Yep. This is totally free and you can download the product boss ultimate resource guide right now by heading to the slash resource guide. Again, that's the slash resource guide. Now back to the show. Yeah. Those pivotal moments, those kind of shakeups, those life shakeups where we don't necessarily know that that shakeup is what's going to cause us, you know, that growth, but who you are on that other side of it. Right. So these little things, whether it's having children and what we have to do to reprioritize and and blend our life and work, because a lot of us, and also you went to architecture school, not an easy feat, right? Um, (laughs) Art school, all that. We don't sleep when you're, um, you know, have projects and things. And so it's an interesting journey of, of the shakeups that then lead you where I'm sure you never thought, Oh, I'm going to have a jewelry company like, and still sil- sil- business. Right. It's the same way that I feel coming as a fashion designer. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm a podcaster currently, but it, it's, it's fantastic. So I want everyone to hear these stories and realize like when you're in it, you're in it and you don't realize, but who are you going to become on that other side of whatever that life shakeup is? Yeah, for sure. It's acknowledging it too, because like Vana was saying, Vana, you actually had to, you know, you had your architect degree and then you started a craft business or a hobby, essentially, right? You, a creative outlet. Then to have to acknowledge and say, I actually want to be a jeweler. I actually want to be a small business owner. I actually want to do this now, even though I have all these other things. I think that's really hard because, you know, even that one of the things when I became a mom, I didn't realize it was a whole different identity. Like I, you know, it just felt so different. Like I was like, can I go back to when I was like kidless life? No, now I cannot go back to that, you know? And it feels really different. So I think that as sometimes when we start on Etsy and we're like, okay, this was, I'm starting to sell things and I'm moving forward and our journey begins like that. Our journey doesn't necessarily lead that same way. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you add, I mean, every person that you add to your team, it's like adding another baby or another family member, even though I've learned recently to not call them family because they're not. (laughs) But I I really am a people pleaser. I would never hire anybody that I don't like or don't click. And, you know, there's disappointments, even in the team you build, like you always have those good intentions, but, you know, and you think you're a good person and then you're just, you know, things come about and as you grow and, um, the one thing that I've learned is, you know, to 
learn from the mistakes and to do the hard work and just to be vulnerable and see, say that I'm not perfect. And, um, you know, but I don't know. Anyway. No, it's true. I mean, and especially, you know, you relate to visionary, right? That you're visionary, you're a creative, a true creative. And sometimes I think it's easy to doubt your place in business or what do I know about business or managing a team of seven or, you know, did I hire the wrong person? Did I do something wrong? And I'm not the right type of boss, but we all have to realize that everybody we hire has their own lives and their own things and their own priorities. So if they leave, they leave, they don't fit, right? They don't fit with our personalities or they have something else that's a priority. Um, But it is, it's always a learning lesson. And I think sometimes maybe as women, we're a little bit harder on ourselves. You know, that's why Mina does now the hiring and the firing. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. she's I'm like, not hard on myself. No, no, no. Yeah. Because you're, she, she's, she gets, she has a better idea about it, that it's not personal, right? It's business yeah. and it's, and it's best for both I parties. Think that, I mean, I don't even think of it as like business. I think it's life. Like right. they're just not a fit right now. There's plenty of people that would probably love to work with you, but it's not a fit or they have a kid right now. It's a harder season or, you know, now they're taking care of their elderly grand uh, parents or something, you know, they're, they're aging parents. There's so many things that happen to other people's lives that they start to realize, especially with 2020, 2021, that their first priority isn't working for you as a small business owner. And right. I know that sounds harsh to hear, but it's true. It's life. It's not business like transactional in, at all. It's that you're not a fit for our business right now, but it, it's the, it goes both ways. Like your, you know, your business is not a good fit for them and they're not a good fit for your business. It has to work you know, with anything being a win-win. And I think that sometimes it's a win-win for a period of time. It's like letting go of a a, a boyfriend that was great boyfriend. He's so nice, whatever. Um, but you know, you're not a good fit right now. See you later. You know, so um, and I held on to those for too long. So that's exactly <laughs> why Mina just letting go. <laughs> no, I just think that, you know, in any time I've actually never been let go from a job. I just think that in life though, people have come in and out of my life. And I thought they've been in my life for a reason and for a season and with a purpose. And, and just as much as they're there, their purpose isn't, is only in that time. And then I have to let them go and then they serve their purpose somewhere else, you know? And so if it's like a negative purpose, then obviously it's time to go, you know? Um, both parties, you know, because that they, they're not living their best life either then. Um, but do you, have you had to let people go? Have you had to fire them then? I had not had to let people go. So the one person that, le- that just left, it was her, whatever her on her terms, her desire. And it did shake us. It was totally by surprise, but it really kind of turned our business upside down in a good sense. Like these, I mean, as you know, from me sharing in the mastermind, um, these last four months we have, I mean, we, I've always had to go back to our values and we, we speak our values, what we are about. And that is not just for the front facing for the customers, but we had to really look within and just be, what is our company culture? Who do we want here? If this person is not happy, they should release that and just go and do whatever it makes them happy because it just spills into everybody in the team. And, you know, a person who's disappointed, it's not going to do a good job. They're going to be miserable for everybody else. But no, I did not, I've not let go of anybody. Thank God. I mean, there might be a time and place, but then um, we thank were God, able to Jesus. <laughs> I just told, I'm not, you know, I'm not that person, but 
um, I just don't have it in me. Like, it's just really hard for me to have that kind of conversation with people. I want everybody to be happy. I've kind of built these people, these business around people, which it's not a way to build a business, but it's worked for us. Um, I've always hired part-time. They've grown into their roles and their positions and it's been great. I, I love giving people second and third chances, you know, as, as long as it's <laughs> well, not in the detriment well, of the business. Let's move back a little yeah. bit on that um, <laughs> before people start taking notes of build the business around your employees and, <laughs> no. um, you know, give them third chances. Okay, so let, okay. let me go back. Yeah. Me, that, was, that was like before these happened. That's what I used to think. Um, mm-hmm. When I stepped into the leadership visionary role, I also hired a business coach who was coaching me into that. You know, now that you're not the maker anymore, I felt alone. I Like you mentioned before, how do you do this business thing, right? I know how to make jewelry. I know how to make, how to design everything, but how, how to market. I don't know how to lead the people. I don't know how to be their boss. I want to be their friend. And um, he did say that the wrong people are going to stick up like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, right. We have the greatest people. What are you talking about? Our team is awesome. And as we fine tune on our mission and our values and we want to, where, where do we want to be in five years? Then that person who's not with us anymore, she just had to quit because it did not fit with her, you know, life, whatever her values. She was, I mean, a great person, but it just did not sit well with her. and so. It wasn't a pleasant breakup. You know, we were heartbroken, but we feel like, you know, because of that, I had to step back and say, wait a minute, like I can't, you know, just let these kind of determine where my business goes because it's not fair to others. And so now we have a strategy in place, like how we hire, how we let people go, like who comes and joins our team. You know, it has somebody, it has to be somebody who works not well just by themselves, but, you know, are part of the team and just uh, builds everybody up. So. That's good. I mean, and that's, and that's only to be, you know, I think anyone out there that's thinking it's scary to hire. I don't know if I'm going to be a great boss. Like we, when we all went home, not all of us, but you know, you go home with a baby, you go home with a puppy or a dog, you go home with a plant plant. and you got to keep these things alive. It's like, it's the, it's go home with a car. I barely knew how to keep that car alive. (laughs) Let me tell you. I still don't know how to like press the buttons in my car. Multiple times. Everyone get off the road for these two. But that's the thing, right? We we learn on the go. I mean, we I want everyone to think about a time in their life that they didn't necessarily know what they were doing, but they took on a responsibility and they figured it out. And so I think that's the same thing with the team, Mina and I included. Um, and then we built, you know, standard operating procedures. We built, you know, yep. systems around it and operations around it. And then eventually you start to hire people that are better at all of it than you. And then they exactly. take it. And then, you know, you get to do the things that you truly want to do. And fill you up and fill up your cup. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel right now. I think our team is solid and everybody loves what they're doing. Um, they're not there to please me. They're there because they believe in what we're about. And it's, it's a good feeling to just be part of that. So incredible. So yeah. what I have a question about, I actually want to know from you what your favorite piece or pieces are in your collection. Oh my gosh. It's like, Picking a favorite child. Sorry. I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> Which yeah, you know yeah. you can do for certain things. <laughs> and a certain day. <laughs> well, I'm wearing one. Um, this is my uh, boy silhouette. These are large silhouette charms. Um, and I'm wearing mine on our paperweight, paper clip chain. But uh, another favorite of mine is our lockets, our mm. silhouette lockets. And these are kind of like our legacy pieces, our heirloom. I mean, all our jewelry is heirloom, but these to me are 
you know, something that maybe when they're 30, I'll still wear these. They don't have to look at their faces, but they're inside, you know, these lockets. I would say like our silhouette charms are, you know, there's a reason they're our bestsellers. They're, they were our first product that I put out. Um, and to this day, you know, we just sell them like cupcakes. Yeah, they're amazing. And you, like you said, you have silver and gold and gold filled of your different products. So I think there's a different- but We don't have thing. gold fill. Gold, gold fill, fill we don't have. Yeah, we stopped carrying gold fill a couple of years ago. Okay. Silver, so and, silver and gold. Um, 14 karat gold. Yep. And, and you know, different price points and, and the just beautiful gifts and stuff. So thinking about gifts that are coming up for people, it's just, it's a great place to go uh, when you're looking for gifts. So and what are for you- all of you that actually don't have kids, you could do a dog, pets. which pets. I, you know, like pets, the profile of pets. And if yep. you're a plant mom, like crazy, you could obviously do like do you a, do a little leaf. <laughs> we do anything. You know, you can't done, keep a cactus alive. We've done cactus snakes, should be the horses, easiest to yeah. keep alive. We also, um, recently we, you know, cause not everybody wants to wear their children around, but you know, that's why we say we turn memories and special, um, you know, saying, so we also have like, um, hand engraved pieces that, you know, we put them on hearts or, you know, medallions, stuff like that. And then also just initials. I love that because the hand engraved, you can also take handwriting, right. And engrave that handwriting on the piece. So if you have a special love note from your spouse or your kid wrote something, you can get that engraved on the piece of jewelry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way we, yeah, the way we um, put that product out, it was actually a customer. She had ordered a silhouette charm and her little one passed, you know, because of cancer. And she's like, the only thing that I have of her, like, it's like a little, handwriting of her hand of her name and a heart. And that's what she had engraved instead of her name, like with one of our fonts. And then that kind of became our starting point for offering these for others. So it's like a special message that you have from a loved one. It could be like a little bit of a recipe from grandma or whatever, just something that empowers you. Oh, I love that. Wow. So special. So what are you most excited about coming up in the, in the near future? Well, I'm excited about, um, ever since I started the mastermind, I I don't know if you guys remember, but I kind of went back and forth and, um, I, my word of the year last year was step stabilize, you know, just get our team. Cause we had a tremendous growth in 2020 and then 2021 dipped a little bit, which was probably for a reason and was great, but just to get our team on a solid ground. Um, and 2022 has taught me that, you know, numbers don't matter as much as like people. Um, If we can serve our community, you know, just a small size community well, then we've done a good job. So just really go back to our community and serve them well. We do have some ideas for new products, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, just kind of continue doing what we do and do it better and do it better than before. Love that. Yeah. So good. I think that's the mentality that everybody should go into right now with, um, you know, the economy changing and everything like that is that you focus inward on your community. So that is exactly perfect thinking right there. So tell our listeners how they can buy from you, support you, follow you, all the things. So they can find, they can buy from us on our website at bonachapstudio.com. They can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bonachap Studio. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is an incredible interview and I hope it was helpful to our listeners as well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Class Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? 
subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.